Blog Talk Radio. Okay, listeners, we have our next guest on board here on Film Festival Radio Show. And I am very, very honored to talk to uh, him because I have not, and you know, if you guys will listen to the show, I have not talked to a lot of film composers, lots of filmmakers, actors and actresses, producers, etc. But this is probably the first time in many years that I'm talking to an actual film composer. His name is Robert Torteris, and he has a new film. His work will be heard on The Walk, which is debuting as a film later this month. So, Robert, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. Oh, uh, I'm happy uh, to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, now, this is a very impressive uh, cast of actors here of uh, The Walk. Tell us about the cast. Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean, Terrence Howard, obviously, is just brilliant, and uh, Jeremy Piven, uh, people will be uh, wonderfully shocked at how good he is. He's obviously a great actor, but so many people know him from Entourage Mm -hmm. that uh, it's wonderful to see him do a dramatic role, and he is an incredibly loathsome person in the movie, and uh, just does an incredible job with it, really leans into the character, and uh, Malcolm McDowell, who's a legend, obviously, and um, and uh, uh, Justin Chatwick, um, Justin Chatwin, sorry, who uh, is just uh, he's just such a great actor. Um, it's just it's just a, a great group of people. Now the the core of the storyline, and you can take it from here, but basically about the racial racism problems that was going on in Boston during the mid-1970s with the desegregation of public schools. So take it from there and get more into the the core of the storyline. I mean, most specifically the busing. So what Boston decided to do to to, uh, desegregate quickly was uh, to bus students from different neighborhoods into schools in other neighborhoods. So um, our story uh, takes place in two, uh, with two different families. Uh, one, a white family living in, uh, in South Boston, or Southie, as Boston people call it, and um, the other uh, family living in Roxbury, which is predominantly black. And so, um, and it's a, it's a wonderfully small story. It's not, it's obviously a story about a, big sweeping social change, but um, it's, the story is very small in that you deal with the families and the, the people directly who this affects and who are against it and who are for it and who are just scared of it and, um, you know, don't understand change and uh, don't want change. And, uh, you know, it, it deals with people and how people uh, navigate these large social sweeping changes. And um, that's the crux of the story, basically. Now, as a composer, your music obviously is heard throughout the film. Uh, how do you, you, but as a composer, you have done music for so many networks from Netflix, HBO, Bravo, Showtime, Nickelodeon, just so many. Uh, for this particular film, how did you begin dissecting on what kind of music? Did you just go back and look at a lot of films and video from that era, or just, just how did you attack this? You know, I watched, 
I read the script and then I watched the film like eight times or something. Like uh, the director Daniel Adams sent it to me initially. Um, uh, he sent me the script and then he sent me the film and I watched the film like three or four times and then. He came to my studio, I watched it with him, and then I watched it a bunch afterwards. And uh, it helps, so it's second nature, um, so I don't have to think about, oh, what's going to happen in this film next, and what should I be? So I really make sure that the film is like is sort of living inside me. And, you know, as far as the score leading on influences, you know, it's in the 70s, and um, I lean too that direction of 70s-style music because I thought that would be a little distracting. Almost nostalgic, and I, we do want that. And so you were saying that the, as far as the style and the compositions, uh, what what inspired did you listen to a lot of music from that era, the mid-70s, or what? I, I didn't really. Uh, you know, I, like, I was saying um, before I dropped out, I was saying I didn't want to lean too hard into that era because of the nostalgia that could build. And I, we, that's not the feeling we wanted for the movie. We didn't want to build nostalgia. We wanted a feeling of almost unease. Like, we, you, it's the, these small moments where you know something big is coming. I think with nostalgia, it, nostalgia can be used so wonderfully in things like Stranger Things, uh, which, you know, these kind of scores um, that are evocative of the era, and I didn't want to, I did that a little bit, but I didn't want to do it too much. I wanted to give more of an original feeling, something you hadn't felt or heard in relation to this period before. Now, as I said a minute ago, you are really making a name for yourself as a composer with all of these top A-list networks. I mean, how did you get started? What was your first um, opportunity to, to score a film? Oh, boy. Um, you know, I, I got started, I was a, a guitar player in, you know, I was, they had dreams of being a rock star, like a lot of guitar players when they're younger, and uh, then and uh, I played in bands, did that sort of thing. Then I lived in Europe for a while, and I was a singer-songwriter after that, and uh, but I've always loved film and television, obsessively so, and I think when it dawned in me to actually do, to combine my two favorite things. Um, you know, I uh, I started doing little films, like, you know, you start doing independent, not even independent, just like, you know, the guy down the street has a camera and uh, he wants to make a film, or a woman that you meet in, on Craigslist that needs a composer for a five-minute short, and that sort of thing. And I did a bunch of those I worked in this, as an assistant for a while to some really good, uh, really nurturing and helpful uh, film composers who were just really great to me, uh, which is always, you know, everything was about uh, helping someone else, in, especially in this business, because it can be so difficult. And um, I got a lot of help from some really good people. Um, my, in my first job was actually as an assistant was uh, – Got, the person that found it for me was a woman named Pinar Toprak, who is actually a very big composer. She, she's uh, done music for Captain Marvel. And uh, way back, she was my first friend in Los Angeles, and she helped me 
basically get my first job in the, as an assistant to a composer and actually was a producer on this film, which is sort of amazing and has come full circle. Um, you know, everything that matters in this business is really about people giving a leg up to other people. And, and uh, it, it just, that is really the way people get ahead. You know, you do really good work and people see that and they want to help you. They want to, you know, it's really the best thing you can do is do good work, meet good people. Yeah. Your name gets around and for a good thing. Well, now, I yeah. mean, of course, we've, we've all heard and read, unfortunately, about uh, as far as Hollywood, really anywhere, but but Hollywood about minorities and African Americans or Asians, whatever, not having enough uh, a good balance of opportunities. What is that right. like as far as what you do as a composer? Is it even more challenging? Is because this is a very a niche specific field, very precise field that you're in. Right, and there are not a lot of black composers. There are more than there used to be. And now there are a handful of really big ones, which is great. You know, Terrence Blanchard is one of my favorites, you know, uh, who does uh, Spike Lee's movies, but also does some incredible work um, uh, outside of that. Um, real, and Terrence Blanchard is considered an A-list composer. Um, Chris Bowers, uh, also an A-list composer, who is just wonderful, uh, works with Ava DuVernay a lot. But... Uh, and, you know, Amanda Jones, uh, a few other people working in TV and some film. But uh, Kurt Farquhar is another one. But it, there's not a lot. As a matter of fact, I've been to, <laughs> I feel like I've been to parties where we all see each other. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, it's it, there's not a lot of black composers. Um, uh, so does that make it difficult? I don't, I, you know, it used to be more difficult. I remember starting when it was a lot more difficult. There are definitely more opportunities now. It could still open up more, though. I mean, I think there's a lot of paths forward right now, wonderfully so, for black writers, and uh, less so for black directors, but still plenty of paths forward. Um, I think black composers, uh, it's one of those things that it definitely needs, it's better than when I started, but it definitely needs improvement. Um, uh, but then again, there's a lot more projects like this where, um, like The Walk, where, uh, that are about the black experience that, um, that deal with issues of race. So that can create an opportunity, although you don't want to just do that. You want to, there's plenty of uh, stories that are about joy and about other things. So um, it's better than it used to be. Um, it's, and needs improvement still, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, definitely so. Well, that's good to know that there are people such as you and Terrence Blanchard and many others that kids who are at wherever is, is Berkeley or Juilliard or whatever, even high school, can look right. at you guys, especially in your age group, to know that they're hope is definitely there and thriving so that's good to know there's definitely a lot more of that i mean the only black post i can think of growing up was quincy jones mm -hmm. and um uh i can't think of an uh, uh, in terms of my age and my era yeah you know and quincy jones really before me he wasn't really 
licensing her films in the 80s and 90s. And so, um, you know, he was he was working with Michael. And so I, I you know, I in, in terms of film composers, it was definitely a narrow field when I was growing up. I mean, I didn't see anyone. All the composers that I looked to at that at that age were predominantly white, I would say. So what is next for you? I mean, I'm looking at this list. There are, I mean, there, you've covered every major studio and network. Are there any left that you have not covered yet? Uh, well, I mean, you know, I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of people that I'd love to work with. Um, you know, a lot of directors, a lot of producers I'd love to work with. Um, uh, right now, I uh, I work with uh, I, I do a show called Cold Justice, which is on the Oxygen Network, um, and uh, we're about to do our hundredth episode. Um, working on it right now, and um, working on the score for it. And um, and that's uh, that's produced by Dick Wolf, uh, you know, of Law and Order and a lot of other shows. Um, and uh, I'm happy to be a part of a small part of the Dick Wolf family there. Um, so we're doing. I'm doing that, and uh, there's a few other things. Uh, got a documentary I'm about to start that I'm really excited about. Um, which will be just such. It's a. It's going to take a while because it's really just a big project, but it's very exciting. I'm thrilled with it. So that's going to be really, really thrilling, and that'll come out next year. Will it be cheating if we could ask you what's the topic or story matter? Um, I don't want to talk too much about it, but it, it's a, it's about it's actually a it's a Black History. Um, uh, Dealing and it deals with uh, the 19th century into the 20th century, and it's a it's a really really interesting topic. And um, yeah, I, I mean I don't want to I don't want to say too much because I don't I don't know what their plan is and how they're going to roll it out okay. and so on and so forth. But it's uh, it's it's next year. Uh, it'll be for PBS, um, which is I've never done anything for PBS, so actually that's kind of exciting. And just because. The quality, PBS, the quality is going to be so, so high. I'm just thrilled about that. So. Oh, I mean, it's PBS. You, you, you know, it's just some brand, some names. All you have to do is just say the, the word Nike, Coca-Cola, PBS. Yeah. You know the rest. Right. Sure, exactly. <laughs> you know it's quality. Well, finally, Robert, uh, how can people say hello to you? Is it social media, website, or both, or, or what? Uh, social media. Um, I am terrible at social media, but if they want to say hello, there I will say hello back for sure. Um, I am. So if you want to reach me on Twitter, it's all one word, Robert Toteris, uh, or at Robert Toteris, I should say. And if you want to reach me on Instagram, which I've been doing a little bit more of lately, it's Robert underscore Toteris. T O T E R A S. Okay, got um, it. Yeah. Got it. Well, I I understand. I correct myself that the walk uh, is out a few days ago. Yes, I'm oh. sorry. You know what? And I was going to say something, and then uh, I forgot That's to say that. Uh, but yes, the walk is out. The walk came out on Friday okay. and is out now in theaters and on digital. So you can, I believe, go to on demand and find it, or some streamers and find it. And um, uh, yeah, but. The, but go to the theater. If you can go to the theater, go to the theater. It's, oh, yeah. I, sure. I, I, I hate to see theaters going downhill the way they are. And so it's it's still a great experience, um, you know. So if you can get out, go to the theater, definitely. I agree. But even 
I, I love theater, movie theater so much, even if it's a bad movie over the years. Yeah. I just want to go. Just want to, I want to smell the popcorn. I want to sit in the seat. Sure. You know. The popcorn, the candy. Mm-hmm. I love when you hot dogs. I have a soft spot for movie hot dogs. I, I shouldn't eat too many of them anymore. Me but uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I love I love the movie theater, and I we were lucky enough to have a nice premiere in L.A. of The Walk, and it was great to see it in the theater. So. Oh, wow. I know that was fun. Very fun. Well, Robert, again, thank you so very much, and I finally talked to a composer. I remember oh. now, the last time I talked to a composer, I think it was in 2011, so I'm really a long overdue. Well, I'm honored. All right, Janet. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, the same here. And I hope to talk to you when uh, your PBS doc is out next year. You can come back and we can really dig into it. I would love that. That would be fantastic. Okay. Well, again, thank you and have a great rest of the day. You too. Okay, then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.